Welcome to another message from Bridge Assembly, located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information on Bridge, go to our website at bridgehelena.com. It is our prayer that this message will help you to connect with God, connect with others, and connect others with God. Set us free. Amen. Amen. 
amen. Usually at this time I would be dismissing the kids, but we're keeping the kids in here on this Easter Sunday morning service because we want to worship together. We want you guys to be with your kids. We want to, uh, we want to be an example to those kids, and, and we just want to get crazy for Jesus and show our kids it's okay to get passionate and excited about our risen Lord and Savior. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to skip all announcements today. I'm going to skip all the, the, the talking about giving. I'm going to skip all of that stuff because, because we're here to celebrate Jesus. So we're going to jump right in. Amen. We good with that? Everybody good? All right, let's pray. Father, this is your service. This is your time. This is the time that we come together to exalt you. We seek your teaching, Lord God. We, we, we long for a greater wisdom and a greater understanding. So have your way in this place. Jesus, once again, it's, it's completely about you. If it's not about you, then we just need to shut the doors and all leave right now. But Jesus, it is about you. So we're going to stay in here. We're going to proclaim. We're going to, we're going to cheer. We're going to, we're going to learn. We're going to be convicted. We're going to be challenged. We're going to respond to your voice. Holy Spirit, you have rule and reign in here today. Holy Spirit, allow me to say those things that you want me to say. And, and Holy Spirit, if you don't want me to say something, or if I get off track, just shut my mouth. Put me back on track. And like I, every, like I pray every single Sunday, Holy Spirit, don't let anybody leave here today. Exit this building. Walk through those doors the same way that they came in. Because, Lord God, we have an expectation. We have an expectation. Our lives, they're, they're messy. They're crazy. Lord God, we long that you come in and you begin to change us. You affect us. You guide us. You reside with us and you create relationship with us. So Lord God, don't let anybody leave here today the same way they came in. Once again, we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior. Once again, everybody said, amen. Amen. Now you guys, you guys were loud in worship. Wasn't that good worship? Man, that was full. That was like, man, I I had prayed. Lord, let worship be great. I I prayed, Lord, send, send some angels to be in here with us. To worship with us. And it was loud and it was crazy. Don't get quiet on me now. Because today is a day of celebration. So if you want to yell out amen. If you want to say hallelujah. If you want to say preach it brother. I'm all good with that. Yes, let's get excited about our Lord. What a day it is to be in this house. The house of the Lord. What a day to be gathered with the body, the church, the people of Christ, the believers, the church celebrating Christ, our risen Lord, and living out and proclaiming the hope of God to this very world. If you guys were here Friday night, and I hope you were, you know we ended the service in a very different in a very unique way. It was, it was very amazing. It was, it was incredibly emotional. And in that time of silence, in the darkness of the sanctuary, there were tears. There was quiet contemplation. There was uncertainty as to what was going on. Because maybe it was not what most people expected of how a service should end 
But Friday night always gives way to Sunday morning. And that's what the disciples of Christ found out. See, they were left in that time of darkness not knowing what was going on. Who is to lead us? Have we been dismissed? Where should we go? We don't know. And for those, those hours, those hours in between, there was a lot of uncertainty. But aren't you glad that Friday night always gives way to Sunday morning? Amen. If you guys have your Bibles, and I hope you do, turn with me to Matthew chapter 28. I'll put it up on the screen here in a second. I'll give you a second to get there because it's always better to look in your own Bibles, mark them up, write it down, take notes right there. Matthew 28. We're going to look at verse 1 and 2 to start out with. Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone, and he sat on it. Now remember, Saturday... In the Jewish culture, Saturday was the Sabbath day. So now we're on to the morning of the first day of the week. We're on to Sunday morning. The sun, the sun is rising. The two Marys, they got up early. Boy, they were focused. They were like, we got to go tend to the body of Jesus. We got to get this done. So, so as they are walking to the tomb, the, the, the sun began to rise. But suddenly, there was an earthquake. And all of a sudden, an angel appears and, and is sitting there, not just standing there, not casually strolling, but the stone is rolled away and he's sitting upon the stone. What a sight to see. Look at verses 3 through 6. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen as he said. Come see the place where he lay. See, Good Friday night, we talked about the darkness. The darkness that occurred upon this earth. The three hours that nature itself turned its face away and the world became dark as Jesus hung upon that Christ cross, taking all the sins of the world upon himself, giving it to God, bleeding for us, and then dying. We were left with the death of Christ. Not knowing the whole story, the disciples have come face to face with the death of Jesus. But, but now, now the sun is rising on the third day and everything has changed. And the angel has some specific instructions. Look at verse 7. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that, that he has risen from the dead and, and behold, he's going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and, and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings! And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. And there, there they will see me. Today, 
Today is a day to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Today is a day that we proclaim life over death. Today is a day that we profess hope over fear. Today is a day that we see the sunrise bring light to the darkness. Today is a day that we announce Christ our King, our Savior, and our Lord. Now I say that today is a day because as a Christian, every day is a day like today. It is God's intention that the church, us, the body of Christ, meet together more than just one day a year. So though today is a great and powerful day to celebrate the resurrection, we are to be living out the resurrection day to day in our life. One important way to do this is to gather often, weekly, in fact. That's, that's God's plan, not to forsake the gathering as, as some do, but to come together, to, to, to greet each other, to, to, to welcome each other in. To, to, it's, this is unbiblical, but to grab a coffee, for goodness sakes. To come together and to worship together, right? There's something special. We can worship in our cars and in our showers and as we should. But when we come together and we worship together, boy, something special goes on. And then we sit together and we, we listen to the teachings together, right? Something, something is different. We love Facebook because we can reach much further. But being on Facebook isn't like being in here. It's something special. And then all of that comes together to a response time at the end. And, and hopefully you can experience that today. Now we know that the sacrificial death of Christ has everything to do with, with paying the sin debt that was accrued by, by Adam and Eve and passed down and, and, and continued through the future generations of, of mankind. The future generations of mankind, that's, that's us, each one of us. We're, we're under the, the penalty of, of the original sin. And, and as we are under that penalty, we tend to commit sin in our own life, don't we? Let's be honest. But Jesus came to pay that debt. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. The wages, what you earn through your sin, can only be death. See, there is no leeway in this statement. The wages of sin, any sin, is always death. The ultimate blood atonement that could only be accomplished by and through the perfect, sinless Son of God was accomplished. The gift of salvation was permanently established for each one of us. Do you hear what I'm saying? The gift of salvation. Salvation means that we are no longer condemned to death. The gift, the free gift that was offered to us through Jesus' crucifixion and death has now been permanently established. And it's been extended to everyone, every single person. And now each one of us has a choice between the sacrificial gift of Jesus, the, the, the gift that substitutes his death upon the cross for our deserving death and eternal damnation, or, or we can choose separation from God 
and that very eternal damnation. That's, that's the choice that's been extended to us. That is what Jesus accomplished in the darkness of the cross. That choice for each one of us. And as the Father's plan for redemption of man, a plan that was established way back in the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter 3, had finally come to fulfillment, the story, our story, God's story didn't end at the cross. Because even though a sacrificial death was required, God's complete plan always, always, always includes life. The resurrection story is is literally a story of life. It is the story of the darkness of death being placed into submission. It is the story of hope dwelling for a new day. It is the story of reality, of, of a new life for each one of us. And this story is meant to be each one of our stories. See, there is so much said in the first 10 verses of Matthew 28. There is so much that we can learn and we can apply into our own lives. Now remember at this point, the world believed that Jesus was dead. Most Jews had reconciled their actions within themselves because, after all, Jesus wasn't their guy. Those who had been closest to him were reeling. They were confused. They were lost. How how could this have happened? How can Jesus really be gone? What do we do now? But on that glorious morning... As the sun came up, everything changed because the sun wasn't in the tomb. We must understand the important symbolism of the empty tomb. On the cross, Jesus made an atoning sacrifice that conquered the death, the death hold of sin. Because of the Christ, Forgiveness is now extended to each one of us through Jesus Christ. But God, in his love and his desire to spend eternity with us, he didn't ever leave us. And he didn't leave us there. The cross is not the end. The cross can't be the end. The cross is never the end. Though Jesus died for our sins, He was raised through the power of the Holy Spirit to testify and to confirm God's eternal power, the God's eternal power of life because of the resurrection. That same eternal life is now extended to each one of us through Jesus Christ himself and only Jesus Christ himself. Romans 8.11 is the eternal promise of hope to each one of us. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. What a promise. What a promise. Today is the day we celebrate the risen Messiah, Jesus Christ. In so doing, 
we acknowledge that, that Jesus Nazareth was, he was fully man, and he walked this earth. We are to recognize that Jesus died by crucifixion on the cross. We are to admit that, that it is his death, and, and only his death, that allows reconciliation and redemption with the Father. We are to proclaim that three days later, upon conquering death, Jesus rose to life in his brilliant resurrection. It's what we're celebrating today. It's, it's why we're excited. It's, it's why we're here. And we are to live confidently that every born-again believer will live in eternity with Christ. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Do you believe if you're a born-again believer, you will live forevermore for all eternity with Jesus Christ? What a powerful statement. You know, as, as I was putting this together and praying about it and writing it, 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 it dawned on me that there is, there is such beauty in the symbolism of, of water baptism, isn't there? As one is let down into the water. It's like the plane of the water kind of represents death, right? And, and as that person is laid back into the water, they are recognizing and, and relating to the death of Jesus. And I've done a lot of baptisms. I've done them all over the place. I've done them in rivers I should not have been in. I've done them in lakes in September where it's like, yeah, I might get a little hypothermia, but that's okay. I've done them in swimming pools. I've done them, I've done them in all different places. But I have yet to perform a water baptism where it ends there with the person content to stay on the bottom of the lake. Now, there's some people that I've held down a little longer than others because they, they kind of needed it. But nobody is content to just lay down there on the bottom of the lake. See, as the crucifixion is all about reconciliation, the resurrection is all about hope and life. And the darkness of the water quickly changes to the sunlight of a new publicly proclaimed life in Christ. There's beauty in the symbolism of the baptism. You know, today the world celebrates Easter, the holiday of Easter. And Easter is a, it's really a lifeless holiday, isn't it? That makes, that it takes place in, 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 in spring. Um, stores love it. You buy these plastic eggs that they know you're just going to use one day and throw away. And candy sales go through the roof. And, and everybody buys a new outfit because we got to celebrate the holiday of Easter. See, it's about bunnies. It's about colored eggs. It's about ham. Nothing wrong with ham. And it's about, it's about way too much sugar on this day, right? Just way too much. But for the Christian... Resurrection Sunday is a celebration of how Christ powerfully triumphs over sin and death. And in its place, he installs hope and life. In John chapter 11, verses 25 and 26, 
Jesus proclaims this, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Jesus said that. Do you believe this? Jesus is asking people, do you believe this? Do you believe in me? This is far before the the crucifixion. They didn't quite know how that would look. It's crucifixion, resurrection, ascension, um, gift of the Holy Spirit. That that hasn't been been done yet. It's not been poured out yet. And and, and he's he's getting there. He said, man, do you believe this? That I am the resurrection and the life. That whoever believes in me and me alone, though he die, yet he shall live. Do you believe this? Now I know which celebration, which holiday I'm choosing to celebrate today. How about you guys? And honestly, it's heartbreaking. As a pastor, it can be frustrating. It can be confusing as to why the rest of the world won't move from the darkness to the sunrise. But then we all remember we were no different at one time or another, were we? So keep sharing the hope. Keep, keep living the life of love, the, the, the promise, the promise of the sunrise. Make that your life. Now here is where we need to be careful. Because the world, false religions and, and watered-down Christianity... It does not share the same fundamental beliefs that we do. We must understand that the true account per Scripture of the resurrection of Christ, it is full and it is complete. Because it is full and complete, we cannot rearrange that account. We can we cannot uh, take out certain parts that maybe make us uncomfortable. We can't we can't re- redefine it in any way. We live in a world of, of pick and choose, don't we? Have it, have it our way. It, it, it doesn't have to mean that to me kind of mentality. The Bible stands firm in the truth of God. That's right. I say this simply because I, I do respect each one of you. I respect you enough to preach the truth, to preach the word of God. Because after all, isn't it that truth that sets us free? It's not the rearranged truth. It's not the adapted truth. It's not what's true to me, but may not be true to you. That, that's not what it is. It's, it's the truth, the capital T. God's truth found in Scripture. That and only that is what sets us free. So here is the biblically accurate explanation of who Jesus Christ is. Jesus is the Son of God, according to Mark 1.1. Jesus has always existed with the Father, John 1.1. Jesus came into the world, Isaiah 7.14. Jesus interacted and taught, Matthew 5.2. Jesus healed. Matthew 8.16. Jesus lived a sinless life. 2 Corinthians 5.21. Jesus died by crucifixion. Matthew 27.32-56. Jesus rose on the third day. Matthew 28.1-10. 
Jesus gave us a job to do, Acts 1.8. Jesus ascended back to the Father, Acts 1.10 and 11. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to empower us, Acts 2.1-4. And Jesus is returning. Yes. Hebrews 9.28. Amen. Amen. Jesus will judge the living and the dead, 2 Timothy 4.1. That is both an uplifting scripture and a very heartbreaking realization that Jesus will judge the... See, it's not that, that those born-again believers who believe in Jesus, per the resurrection, will spend eternity with him and everyone else just ceases to exist. We are all eternal bodies. We are all eternal beings. Where we will reside for eternity is dependent upon our choice. It will be either or. Jesus will judge the righteous and the dead. That's a realization that each one of us has to come to. Biblically speaking, as a believer, we are to place our faith and proclaim our belief in Jesus Christ in accordance with these scriptures. Now remember, this is non, not negotiable. Doesn't matter who it is. Doesn't matter their position. Doesn't matter how smart they are. Doesn't matter how charismatic they are. Doesn't matter if they write a best-selling book. It is this book that's non-negotiable. We do not possess the authority to pick and choose what we want to believe or not believe. And I, for one, find great relief in that. Likewise, we are unable to maintain within our own understanding the complexity of God. And I, for one, find that inspiring. And finally, we cannot comprehend the wisdom and knowledge of God. And, and I, for one, find that confidence building. Oh, Lord, in all your wisdom and creativity, I don't want to ever know you and understand you fully. I want to always have more to discover. And, and God's up there saying, you have no idea. You have an eternity to never fully have revelation and discovery of of the greatness of who I am. Isn't that, isn't that awe-inspiring and confidence-building? But remember, I'm speaking in terms of the biblical standard here. The issue is that, and I'm sorry to say, all who claim to be a Christian do not all use this same standard. Therefore, today, as you guys came here and, and worshiped with us, and now you're sitting here and you're, you're listening today, I'm, I'm, I'm challenging you, despite, despite where you've been, despite what you have done, or maybe what you have done, despite your, your theology, despite your, your religion, despite your philosophical ideas, wherever you were before you walked into this 
this sanctuary this morning. I'm challenging you to ask yourself this one important question this morning. Do I know Jesus? See, in a few minutes, you're going to walk out of here and you're going to get on with your day. Maybe you'll spend time with family. Maybe you'll go on an Easter egg hunt. Maybe you'll eat some ham. Maybe you'll just relax. But my prayer is that no one leaves here today without asking yourself this one personal and critical question. Do I know Jesus? Now that may seem like a a dangerous question to be asking yourself. And and really, depending on on how you're living your life right now, it may be a dangerous question. It may be the most dangerous question that you could ever ask yourself. But the good news, the good news is the good news. Jesus loved you enough to die for you. And he loves you enough to live for you. And here's some more good news. We do have a resource. We have a book, a living book inspired by the Holy Spirit to help us, to guide us, to, 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 to reveal things to us. You got questions? The book's got answers. See, it's the only book. It's the only book ever that will talk back to you. All you got to do is position yourself. All you got to do is say, Holy Spirit, help me to hear what this book is trying to say. Man, some of this is downright confusing. Holy Spirit, help me to, to understand that. And you know what? The Holy Spirit, He will never be absent in that prayer. He will never delay in that prayer. We have a book to guide it. And it's all about Jesus. And it's all about the Father's glorious daring and beautiful plan for you, for you personally. What a plan it was. When we come to the right answer to the question, do I know Jesus? See, it becomes the difference between a cave full of bones and a glorious empty tomb. Difference between a life full of hope full of truth, full of love and not fear and pain and death. Worship team, if if you guys want to come up here. I don't know why you're here this morning. There's all different reasons. Some of you guys are regulars. You're here every Sunday. You're here every time we do something at church. That's, That's amazing and that's that's awesome. And, and some of you, maybe you've been away from this church or a church for a little bit. Maybe it's been since COVID. Maybe it's, it's been for one of those reasons. But you're back here this morning. And, and for some of you, maybe this is new to you, right? This is, this is oh man, I, I, I don't know why I'm here. I'm here because my family invited me and said, if I don't come to church, I don't get any ham later. <laughs> And that was enough to get me into church, right? So we're, we're here for all different reasons. But we're here for the same important reason. And that's Jesus. So if you're sitting in here this morning, and you don't even know 
quite who Jesus is, but but you're listening. Hopefully you're listening and, and there's something going on inside of you. Like you're you're starting to question some things inside of you. It's like, man, there's something going on in my stomach. I ooh, I don't know what's going on. I kind of got butterflies, but I, I'm I'm a little afraid. This sounds so different, but it's compelling. Don't don't run from that. Don't run from that. Run to that. In a moment, we're going to open up these altars for everybody. We love response time here at this church. We love we love that we can come to the altar and we can worship. We can pray with each other. We can get excited. We can dance. We can sing. We can break ourselves on this altar and cry out to God. Well, Pastor, when you put it that way, I guess that appeals to everyone in here, doesn't it? Each one of us has things going on. Maybe we're in great relationship with God. Maybe we've been away from God and we know that that, that, that sin, that darkness has creeped into our lives. And maybe, maybe we have no idea of who God is, who this Jesus person is. I am going to invite you in a moment to come to this altar, to bask in God's glory, to exalt God, to come back to God or to meet Jesus for the first time. We guys pull those lights down. Sometimes it's easier if we just pull the lights out. Here, here's what's not going to happen when I, when I open up these altars. Though our mind will try to convince us, the fact of the matter is if you are brave enough and compelled enough to take those steps to this altar, there is no judgment within this place. There is nobody sitting in their seats going, boy, I wonder why he's going. And I wonder why she isn't. Because they probably should really be. That doesn't exist here. We don't want that here. If that's you, excuse yourself from the sanctuary right now. Go to the coffee shop. Go to the parking lot. I don't want you in here if you are going to use judgmental eyes to condemn people that are trying to get to Jesus. So that's not going to happen. But what is going to happen is that the Holy Spirit is going to lead you up here. And Jesus is going to meet you here. And there's a body of believers that are going to be up here worshiping, that are going to welcome you in. And if you need prayer, they're going to give you prayer. If you need just a a pat on the back, if you need anything, they are going to be here for you. Does that make sense? Do you understand what I'm saying here? What a glorious day. See, like I said before, worship everything. The Word coming together. You guys sitting here listening, marking up your Bibles. It all leads up to this very vital and crucial portion of this service. It's called the response time. We've worshiped together. You've listened to me speak about the Word. Now it's time for me to pass that upon you and give you a choice to respond to what the Holy Spirit is asking you to respond to. You guys would all stand up. We're going to pray. I'm actually going to lead you. I didn't plan on this. We did this Friday night. But I'm just going to lead this church in in a salvation prayer. Now if you're longing to start a relationship with Jesus or to come back to a relationship with Jesus or just to affirm your relationship with Jesus, I'm going to ask for you to pray along.
And then when I end this prayer, I'm going to ask you to come forward and celebrate that glorious decision or affirmation together. Amen? Amen. Father, we come before you right now, Lord. We come before you right now with our hearts yielded, with humility. And Lord God, for some of us in here, the day is dark. The day is confusing. The day is hopeless. The day is full of sin and death. But, but Lord, your sunshine comes because of the sun on the cross and the empty tomb. And, and Lord God, we don't have to stay that way. And for, for others of us in here, Lord, Lord, speak to hearts that have been apart from you, away from you for far too long. You are wooing them back. You are wooing them back right now. I know it, Holy Spirit. And for others that are that are fully engaged in a relationship with you. Lord God, what beautiful affirming words for us to pray together. So Holy Spirit, guide us in these last few minutes. All right, everybody repeat with me. Father, I admit to you that I'm a sinner, that I am apart from you. But Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are the Savior of the world. Through you and you alone comes reconciliation with the Father. Jesus, I confess you as my Lord, my Savior, and my King. Jesus, it's all about you. By and through the Holy Spirit. Now, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, what an amazing day you just experienced. If you prayed that prayer for the thousandth time, what an amazing day you have experienced. Is God drawing you? Is He wooing you? Is He calling you? Let's not leave Jesus hanging. As we enter into this last song, the altars are open. Join me on the altars just to bask and to celebrate this resurrection day. If you need prayer, grab me. Grab, grab one of our prayer team members. We would be honored to pray for you, Jesus. Once again, it's all about you. We can't say it enough. We can't proclaim the name of Jesus enough. Jesus, it's all about you. And we pray. We pray this in the mighty name of our Savior King, Jesus Christ. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. Join me on the altar. This concludes today's message. We hope you can join us next Sunday for services beginning at 10 o'clock a.m. at Bridge Assembly located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information about Bridge Assembly, go to bridgehelena.com and we hope you can join us next Sunday with Pastor Jason Metz.